welcome to Land Life, a podcast for North Coast landholders by North Coast Local Land Services. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live, work and play. From Bunjalung, Gitabal and Gumbangia country in the north, to Yagel, Dungadi and Biripai country in the south, we pay respects to the people and elders, past, present and emerging, across all the countries on which we work, and extend that respect to Aboriginal people listening to this podcast. 600 k's east of Port Macquarie, in the middle of the Tasman Sea, lies a tranquil little island known as Lord Howe. Home to many unique species and ecosystems found nowhere else on Earth, Lord Howe Island has suffered the same experience many other islands have over recent history, with its unique ecology threatened by the introduction and expanding ranges of weeds and pest animals. For island locals, this place is precious and the unique biodiversity warranted a major investment to protect and restore the unique island ecosystem. In 2004, a 30-year program of weed eradication was kicked off on the island with support from North Coast Local Land Services. Now halfway through this program, We've taken some time out to check in with how the program is going. We'll bring you this update over a few episodes, but for today, Ashley Goodwill talks to Terry Wilson and Hank Bauer about what brought on the start of the program and why it matters. Terry, can you please tell us a bit about what you did when you were working on Lord Howe Island? Hi, Ashley. Yeah, I was originally engaged as the Environment World Heritage Manager back in 2003. And that role, you know, encompasses looking after the island's heritage values, its natural values, threatened species, walking track maintenance, um, a whole raft of things relating to the island's environment and world heritage values. What was the island like then back in 2003? What, what was your experience there? Was it still mind-blowing, even though it sounds like there might have been a few more weeds and, and rats and rodents around? How did you find it when you arrived in Lord Howe? I arrived um, back in those days, and like any um, land manager, particularly from the mainland, um, you know, we, we had a weed issue problem over there and we were limited with finances and resources. So normally the approach would be target areas as best you could, those perhaps that uh, were uh, may have been a rare plant, um, it may have been a, an area where nesting seabirds um, congregated. So we would often try and prioritise our weed management strategy according to those kind of priorities. But it was a little bit like putting out, you know, the spot fires. You'd sort of be running around trying to address the weed problem in, in some areas, but at the same time, the main fire front or the weed front was expanding and, and it was exponentially expanding. So uh, whilst we were doing our best to get on top of um, sort of priority issues, some of the bigger, larger scale weed problems um, were growing all the time and we really had to think about doing things differently. So now we know there's been a 30-year program targeting and eradicating some weeds on the island. So when did that start? Did that start while you were working there? I, I started when I was there. I was very fortunate to have a very talented botanist working with me, Jenny LaCousin. And Jenny had just uh, come back from a, uh, she's a recipient of a Churchill Fellowship. And uh, she'd been travelling to some Pacific nations and uh, places around the world looking at invasive island plants. And um, 
One of those species is a plant called cherry guava, which is is a native to southeast Brazil, but has caused untold um, problems on oceanic islands. It loves high humidity. It was often introduced early by settlers and sailors as a form of vitamin C, but without any natural predators or disease that would occur in Brazil, for example, the plant was able to pretty well run out of control, both on Lord Howe Island, but in many other countries like Hawaii and Reunion and Mauritius and other places. So it was a serious plant of um, you know international status in terms of um, its, its effect as a problem as a weed. And we certainly have that plant on the island and it was spreading rapidly across not only the settlement areas, but all the way from sea right up to the misty 800-metre uh, mist forest on Mount Gower and Mount Lidgeberg. So it was a weed, one of many, but it particularly was a weed that could do very well in shady areas, uh, in pretty well all the habitats on Lord Howe Island. And uh, it effectively was crowding out native species. It reproduced quickly and would form a kind of monoculture area that really nothing else would grow in. Well, for some of us, 2004 might not seem that long ago. In pest and weed terms, it's certainly been long enough to turn things around on Lord Howe Island. Terry left the island in 2008, and his successor is Hank Bauer. Ashley caught up with Hank to talk about the island he knows now, what's there to protect, and what people can expect when they visit. Thank you so much for taking time to have a conversation with us. So we, we want to talk about everything, Lord Howe Island, the weed eradication, the beautiful scenery, what it's like to live there, what it's like to have watched it change. I understand, Hank, that you're the manager of environmental world heritage on Lord Howe Island. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm fortunate enough to you know, live in work on this beautiful World Heritage listed island. So the island is listed as a World Heritage property due to its uh, biodiversity, its spectacular views, its underwater biodiversity as well. And the whole island is um, listed as a World Heritage property. So it includes the whole settlement as well. So all the um, residents that live here, we've got 350 residents, 400 tourist beds. Uh, it's all World Heritage. So we live and breathe World Heritage every day. What... What part of protecting the island's ecology can you ha- have you worked most closely with or, or could you tell us a bit about specifically? Is there anything that you get very excited about or is it all just an amazing, amazing place to be? Oh, no, sure, I can drill down into that. So I manage a diverse team. We've got a weed eradication team, which Sue will tell you about. She's um, the team leader of weeds and flora management on the island. Um, we've got a biosecurity team, which... Uh, here to protect the investment of the work that we do. So we've got um, biosecurity officers and we've also got some four-legged, hairy, tail-wagging biosecurity dogs which will meet all the visitors that come to the island and all the vessels, the freight that come here. So, um, yeah, we do lots of biosecurity work. We've got a track and a revegetation team and we've got rangers. So we do a lot of work. We've um, obviously dealing with uh, the weed eradication program, which is 15 years into a 30-year program and it's doing great things. And so every person that comes to the island, do they get their luggage gets sniffed and everything, every single vessel that arrives? Is that is that right? Yes. 
That's right. So at Port Macquarie, when they're loading the freight, which is happening right at this moment, we've got a biosecurity team over there. They're going over the, every bit of freight that's going onto the onto the ship. Uh, and then when they come back here to the island and they unload, we've got dogs here and biosecurity officers, and they check every bit of freight coming off. When you sail a boat here for a holiday, our biosecurity team go out and meet you there. You've got to filling lots of forms before you come here. You have to have rat traps on your boat, poison and that sort of stuff. And they go out and check it. When you fly here to come here for a holiday, you'll be walking off the plane and our dogs will sniff your bags uh, as you come off. And they're only looking for rodents, snakes, lizards, frogs. They're biosecurity dogs. So that's what they're looking for, biosecurity risks. Wow, that's amazing, and and there's some so there's some living on Lord Howe as well as at Port Macquarie and the airports. So that's that's such an incredible project, and and it must be very exciting as well for for people who come to visit the island to get that fancy treatment and and get to see the the do- the biosecurity dogs in action. So, can you tell me a bit about the ecology and different environments that are on the island? I understand it's not just the same temperate rainforest all around. There's a lot of diversity. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Well, the island ranges from sea level obviously, and we've got amazing biodiversity underneath the water as well. We've got the most southern uh, coral reefs. Um in the, in the world, but as you come up, we've got coastal strand vegetation, uh, we've got heathland vegetation, and most of the island is covered with oceanic rainforests of various descriptions. And then as you get to the top of the mountains, which Mount Gower rises to 875 metres, on top of the mountain there's gnarled mossy cloud forest, which is one of the most restricted plant communities in New South Wales and half of, I'll let Sue talk about that a bit more, but half the vegetation is endemic um, on top of the mountains. So it's a very spectacular, spectacular place. Wow, it sounds absolutely gorgeous. And can just anyone visit the gnarled mossy cloud forest or is that kind of out of bounds as well for your average tourist? No, there's um, two, two tour operators who go up the mountain twice a week uh, weather pending and so you can go up there on a tour and they can show you around and, and yes, it's, a, it's one of the most um, amazing day walks in Australia. This episode is the first in a three-part series where we'll talk you through the work that's been done to protect the unique island ecosystem of Lord Howe Island. If you just can't wait to learn more, jump onto the Lord Howe Island board website where you can read about the weed eradication program as well as some of the other programs mentioned in this episode. There's a link to the website in the show notes. This podcast is jointly funded through North Coast Local Land Services and the Australian Government's National Land Care Program. 